0: Welcome Bienvenidos. <laughs> for those that understand that uh, my name is Juan Pablo uh, my pronouns are he him él, and I am the church planting resident here at Urban Village uh, whenever you see something in Spanish think of me um, uh, we're we're working on a sixth site centering around Latino voices so I'm excited about that um, so today is Pentecost Sunday, and we have people from all of our sites here gathered today to celebrate that, and we're going to do things a little differently, as you may have already seen, Um, but today I wanted to start with reading our scripture, which comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, and I have my magic glasses (laughs) to read them for you. Um, let's listen to what the lord is saying to us today when the day of pentecost had come they were all together in one place and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting divided tongues as of a fire appeared upon among them and the tongue rested on each of them all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other languages as the spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from everywhere under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elam. Alamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Pyrrhia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belong to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dream, and shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heaven above the, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be bl- saved. May God add a blessing to the hearing and living of this scripture. Amen. Amen. And so it's Pentecost, uh, Pentecost uh, day, a uh, day that we celebrate together. Moving the light. Oh, come to the light.
1: <laughs> hey. Oh,
0: Um, (laughs) um, And so uh, today we celebrate Pentecost, but some of us uh, churchy folks uh, think of Pentecost as the birthday of the church, the day the church began. Um, But that day there were no churches, there was no church, there were no bishops, there were no priests, there were no praise teams, there was none of that on that first day. So what is Pentecost and how do you describe the powerful events that are found in Acts 2? The first thing that I, I know is that it was about 50 days um, before, uh, the, after the, the resurrection of Jesus and 10 days after he ascended unto heaven. And, um, and so they found themselves this day bunch of people gathered together Um, and the author of Acts Luke tells us that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit Pentecost then, for me celebrates that indwelling of the Spirit of God in each one of us this powerful wind that exploded into a new creation into a new way of relating to each other a new people that were born of the divine inviting everyone to this divine destiny together. And so, like this flame, a movement began. And it was driven by the risen Christ. But as with many powerful movements, there also uh, were many emotions that happened on that day. and, uh, And we'll see that as the story unfolds. And so today, we are all examples of what this Jesus movement is and can be. And so the Holy Spirit today represents each of our own decisions uh, and they were driven by Christ within each one of us. And so we're going to invite you today to immerse yourself into the story uh, that happened thousands of years ago. The story of the day this Christian mission to the world began. And so we're going to do things a little different. Uh, We're going to, because we're in the theater Let's just do stuff a little dramatic, huh? Uh, So we're going to have Pastors Chan, Pastor Christian, Pastor D'Angelo, each one insert themselves into the story as one of the characters of the story with the different perspective of each person during this marvelous Pentecost event. And perhaps you might see yourself in one of these. Um, We'll hear from someone that was awestruck, someone that was fearful. We'll hear from the cynic or the cynical, uh, skeptical person today. And finally, Pastor Hannah is going to try to find meaning in all of this, in this story. and What is God saying to us today from this? So we're going to put on our acting chops today. and give you hopefully an uh, Oscar-worthy presentation (laughs) from our pastors. And so let the story begin, once upon a time in a far, far away place.
2: You would have thought that it was the noise that did it. The sound of this whoosh that came upon everyone as if they were angels blowing in their ears. And some people were afraid when they heard that noise, running to their homes, hiding under their tables. But that's not what made me afraid. Maybe it was the visions of these little flames that seemed to be dancing in front of others and that made other people afraid, understandably, and so they would get into these huddles and close their eyes and hope that it would all go away. But that's not what made me afraid. It was when people started saying stuff. Are not all of these people talking Galileans? But it wasn't said like that. It was the way that said it that started to create that knot in my stomach. Are not all of these who are here and talking and listening Galileans? As if they couldn't believe that Galileans would be able to be part of this unbelievable thing that was happening. I should probably tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Gideon. I am a Galilean. I grew up in a town called Ptolemaeus up on the Mediterranean Sea, a port city. I'm proud of my city. But you may have also heard the rumors that Galileans don't understand languages very well that we can't quite comprehend what everyone is saying. And so I heard those words again, are not all of these people speaking and listening? (laughs) Galileans? And that's when the fear started. I wanted to speak up, I wanted to defend my people, but I couldn't find the words. And then the fear of saying the wrong thing, The fear of people thinking ill will of me started to overtake me, and I stood there just frozen, not knowing what to do or what to say. That's what made me afraid, is when people started to say, Galileans. But then I heard another voice. Off in the distance, it was a voice, there were so many voices going on, and I heard that voice, and I couldn't quite make out what he was saying, something about nine o'clock and people are drunk and not drunk and all of these different things. But then he started to speak from the prophet Joel. And that's when the voices started to subside a bit. And I could hear what he was saying. In the last days, it is said, God declares, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Did you hear those words? In the last days, God declares, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh, not some. And that's when the knot in my stomach started to loosen a bit. And I started to sense that the spirit also was on me as a Galilean. And something changed in me. And I started to turn to those who were scoffing at me earlier. And I turned to them and said, are not all these speaking Galileans? Yes, even me. The spirit is being poured out on me and my voice too, for I too have a voice. And I began to stand up and speak out And I was no longer afraid because of this mysterious thing that was happening. And I could feel that spirit overcoming my fear. And I knew my voice mattered. And that I could speak up as well. Even me, a Galilean. And I'm so grateful for that moment with all of those gathered. And the way the spirit moved and transformed me. Are not all these speaking? Galileans? And I said, yes, we are here. I
1: traveled so far to get here. All the way across the sea, across the ocean from the land of Ethiopia to study. And I was in my room and all of a sudden I heard, I heard a rush, I heard a sound of people gathering in the streets, and I was there in my study, and I was like, what is going on out there? So I then peered over and I saw a crowd of people. The text that I was studying at the time was Joel. That the spirit will come on all people. And I begin to shake. I, I I start to feel a power overtake me, and I begin to become so afraid, but the wonder inside of me kept bubbling over, and I wanted to go out in the street. And yet I was in my comfort zone, not wanting to go out there because I did not know what to expect. And so when I got the courage inside of me, I stepped out. And when I stepped out, in all of my fear, and all of my wonder, I felt a power overtake me. And I began to hear words of wisdom of God telling me how I can move forward in life. So I wonder when danger and fear meet wonderment, that great opportunity begin to happen. I begin to wonder what it would be like for this to go over into other countries such as mine. That wonderment, that awe, that fear, let it bubble over inside of you.
3: so when i saw and heard the strange things they were letting many people get there. many people like me were surrounding the group of people who talk about jesus who was crucified and killed maybe maybe several days ago maybe weeks ago i don't know frankly speaking i didn't pay much attention to him because he was one of the leader of the movement that failed At first, I thought he could be the Messiah who was promised. His teaching was different from other teachers. And I've heard the many stories of miracles like healing the sick and raising the dead. And one of my favorite stories was about feeding 5,000. What's yours? Who can do this kind of miracle? But I stopped following him when I saw him having dinner with one of tax collectors in my town he had a really really bad reputation how he exploited people by being faithful to the powerful if you're a devout jew if you are the one who will save us from the roman empire you shouldn't sit with those tax collectors and sinners but actually there's another main reason why i didn't follow him because there's so many things to give up if I follow them. So, I was somewhat relieved when I heard that he was crucified and killed like other criminals on the cross. Because it means I wasn't wrong. Jesus was resurrected, was not a messiah. I know there are several rumors like he was resurrected and he visited his followers. But we don't know that. That's how they recruit people to their group. I'm smart enough. I don't trust that kind of thing, you know. And today on the way to the synagogue, I saw the group of Jesus followers who talk about Jesus in different languages. Different languages? People responded differently. Some people were afraid of it. Some people were amazed. But most of people like me kept throwing this question, what's going on here? What's going on here? Then I saw the tax collector who had the dinner with Jesus. I heard about him. He left his job to follow Jesus. And But I didn't know he was still following Jesus and his teaching without him. I couldn't get it why. He failed. As I know, he didn't have any chance to study different languages. So I was surprised because what he was doing and speaking was way beyond his capacity and ability. But still, I don't know what's going on here. What's going on here? maybe maybe and you know what at the same time i could myself who wanted to have the false hope false hope about jesus and the work of the holy spirit so i had to shout out to cut off that false hope they were full of new wine they have had too much wine i know it's too early to be drunk (laughs) but that's the only way I can do to protect myself from that false hope, the hope in vain. I don't know what's going on here. What if it is true that he's the true Messiah? Then can I have the feeling of happiness and gladness that I saw from that tax collector? Maybe. And can I have that Hope again, but still, I don't know what's going on here.
4: Hallelujah! Thanks for that. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm not a Galilean or an Ethiopian, but I am a Christian. Um, I thought I'd have at least like two minutes. Um, And I'm one who's been every single one of these people at one point or another in my faith journey, and at one point or another in my life with you in my shared life with this church and with this community. I have been anxious and afraid and skeptical. And some of you might not know that, um, because what I hear from people is that on Sundays, I'm a pretty optimistic person. (laughs) And that's because on Sundays is when I see all of you. On Sundays, I see people. I see people I've known for years and brand new ones. I hear music and it lifts my soul in ways that words never could. I return to the stories of my ancestors and I hear from them what they have to say to me about where God is moving today. And on Sundays, I am the most hopeful person in the world. But most weeks, my week looks a little bit like this. (laughs) Uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and if you catch me on a Wednesday night, uh, my uh, many people can attest, uh, I'm a little more susceptible to the notion that everything might fall apart. <laughs> Every November, I wonder if maybe all of the churches will stop, <laughs> or all of the movement will end, <laughs> or the parts of the faith that are testifying to evil instead of the goodness that we testify to, the Christians who promote hatred and destruction and division, there are moments on my Wednesday nights when it feels to my soul like they could win. And I come back every Sunday, and every Sunday is like a little Easter, and every Sunday is like a little Pentecost. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded of where my hope comes from and where my hope endures in the spirit and in the communities like you that that spirit talks through and is always present in and is always among. Right now is a hard time in the world I don't know about you, but my everywhere feels weird. My kids school feels weird. My hairstylist feels weird. My favorite restaurant feels weird. We have been through something terrible. It doesn't feel weird because something did something wrong. It feels weird because something awful happened to us and happened to us together. And so in that weird feeling, I've been trying to find God, I've been trying to find that spirit of Pentecost. And I've been remembering all of the times before that have been hard. And that's particularly been happening because this is my last Sunday at Urban Village. I need a break, my memory's not working. I'm not, I I just need some rest and it's a blessing of you to give it to me. Um, And so, and people have been talking to me about their experience of me and this church. And so I've been thinking a lot about our past hard times. Other times I was nervous, other times I was skeptical, other times I was angry or afraid, and what happened then? And I won't make you listen to all of them because for a person like me, there's a long list, but just a few. Urban Village was a dream i had before i was ever here (laughs) and before i ever knew that it existed i converted to christianity when i was a teenager and it felt for years like i was being asked to choose between the soul part of me that believed in feelings and thought that god talked to us at our depths and the world part of me, the thought that things could be better (laughs) and that justice mattered and that who we were mattered. It felt like I could find communities that picked one or the other, but never one that valued both. Until I was in seminary in an independent study of churches across America and got on a little uh, Skype call. (laughs) It would have been Zoom today, but it wasn't back then with um, Christian Kuhn and Trey Hall who were starting a brand new community in Chicago based in the idea that we would really love Jesus and really love gay people, (laughs) that we would really pursue piety and that we would really pursue justice. And it sounded like everything I had hoped for. And so I watched from afar. And then Trey's husband got a job in another country and he had to leave. And I had to come on and i was really afraid of that and i can communicate back to you those of you who were here back then so were you if you don't remember (laughs) you thought i was going to be the worst thing that ever happened to this community (laughs) right because change is scary anytime things change it's scary and i hope i think it turned out that wasn't the case right but we were filled with fear and we were filled with nervousness because something was changing and something big was changing and yet that big change I'm so glad for because it turned out to be one of the greatest things that ever happened in my life. (laughs) Another time that I felt skepticism, hard uh, stuff in our community from the people of it, is something that was happening right when I first started to come here, which is there was a deep conversation in the church about how we said we were inclusive every Sunday. in the way that we approached sexual orientation that was decidedly like you could feel it right in everything we did in our small groups and our prayer groups and our social events but when it came to race and anti-racism and when it came to gender and embracing trans people we were not there <laughs> it did not feel the same it felt like we were making mistakes and we were hurting people and from you from the community and the spirit working through it we were forced to challenge ourselves in ways that were hard and we did hard things. <laughs> we did an anti-racist audit. We changed how we did things. We changed how we talked to one another. And we're still on a journey, but it feels so different than it did six or seven years ago. We have learned to live more deeply into our values and become more Christ-like by doing hard stuff together. It feels so much better to have tried it and done the hard thing than it would have felt to not do the hard thing and to continue to hurt one another over and over again and to not be a light of Christ's justice in the world. Doing hard things with the Spirit is almost always worth it. And then, uh, some of you may have noticed, 2020 was pretty hard. Um, We thought at the church that what would be hard about 2020 was that because a source of funding we had had for a long time as we began as a church was ending and because of a couple other things we were going to try this like weird new way of doing church that we had no idea if it was going to work but we had looked at every single multi-site church in the country and the way that most of them made it work was by having one charismatic guy who was the only guy who anybody knew or cared about and who made all of the decisions. And that just didn't feel like us, didn't feel good. And so we wanted to try something else. And we thought that was going to be the hard story of 2020 and it turned out it wasn't (laughs) this other thing happened two months later. And it turned out that you all were so wise. Our leadership was so wise because we needed to be one church just in time. And the last few years have been so hard, so much of what church is, so much of what we love about each other is felt in presence and we lost, I don't know a person in this community who hasn't had a deep personal crisis in addition to the global and communal one we've all been going through. We're hurting, we're hurting. And yet I watched all of you bring one another meals across that hurting and give one another rides to the hospital across that hurting and find tests and hand sanitizer for one another across that hurting. And we raised tens of thousands of dollars in a mutual aid fund where people were kept financially stable because we showed up for one another while we were all hurting. And we showed up for online game nights and online movie nights that weren't quite good enough and didn't feel quite right, but were a way to see each other's faces and yell and joy and be alive. And I would not have gotten through the last few years without you, and I'm so grateful for this church. And now we're at this moment, again, where people call Pentecost a birthday, um, but it's not really a birthday because a birthday just means you're counting years. What Pentecost is is a rebirth. It's a declaration that every single year the Holy Spirit will do what it did all over again, just like the first time, in ways that you cannot yet imagine and that will so deeply and profoundly shape you and every place you are a part of that you will be drawn away from your cynicism and from your fear and from your anxiety to hope and love and joy forever. And we are being reborn. Each one of us as a person and this community is being reborn because guess what? To be alive is to change. And the river running is more alive than the stagnant water. And we are being reborn and the Holy Spirit is with us in it. If I'm Peter here, which is lofty shoes to fill, but he was dumb sometimes, so it's fine. Um... What I say to you is the same thing that he said then because we're under the same circumstances, which is the circumstances of every person of faith who is ever born, which is we live under an empire that has, is cruel, that we live amongst people who want the order of the day to be that division causes hurt and pain and that the only kind of power is power over and the only way to live is to make sure you're on top. And we say, because the Holy Spirit has said to us that that is a lie and that there is another way to live.
0: That's right.
4: And that what we are doing is creating a pocket of yeast, a mustard seed, a couple hundred people in one city, in one place in the world who declare that we will live differently that we will live differently when it's messy, that we will live differently when it's hard, that we will live differently with people who we would not have picked to be in relationship with because being a person of faith means you don't get to pick every person who you interact with all the time and that we will live differently with dance and with song and that we will live differently and create a community that lasts beyond us, beyond our lives, beyond any one person's story because urban, village tells a much greater story which is the story of the pentecost and the holy spirit coming down and changing the world every day of our lives and saying that we can have power with we can have every language spoken we can have messy people forgiving one another and caring for one another and showing up to the potluck and trying new things and failing and trying again It's so much better doing the hard thing with the Holy Spirit than any other way in the world. And the reason I know that is because you taught me. I'm a less fearful person than I used to be because of this community. Because every time I thought to myself, oh, if that changes or if that doesn't happen, it'll all fall apart, you showed up. and made worship happen, or made meals happen, or made love happen, or made forgiveness happen. When we truly had, just get up. (laughs) And nothing does that except a community. Most of my friends aren't religious. Most of the conferences I go to, the people um, are not people of faith. They don't have a community. And when I describe what is happening here, you should see their eyes. (laughs) People need what you're doing People need what you have, you need what you have, if you've forgotten it the last couple of years. And you don't need to worry about whether you can do it because the Pentecost is happening today and it'll happen again tomorrow. That's
0: right.
4: You have been given the greatest mission in the world to be community to each other. And the Holy Spirit is with you and will always be with you. And this place is doing God's work. And I am so, so grateful for the ways that you have and for all of the ways that you will and the ways that you will surprise me, and we will surprise each other. Thanks be to God for that. Thanks be to God.